Welcome back to New to Medical Device Sales. I am your host, Jacob McLaughlin, and bringing back a special guest that has been highly thought after. And I've been getting get so many people messaging me, hey, when's Jason coming back on? When's Jason coming back on? So to make sure everyone's happy, we are getting Jason Elmore with Elite Execution Sales Consulting back on the episode to share more value for us, our listeners. So Jason, welcome back to the show. Thanks. It's good to see you. Good to see you as on all well. Your recent success, and, and especially for those of you who are listening, it's super encouraging to hear how many of you are actually breaking in uh, using Jacob's program. It's just you know, it's a good time to be breaking in. So, congratulations! Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, and it's been fun just to to see everybody having the success. And as you know, like there is, it's a changing world in the medical device, the pharmaceutical world, with just certain ways of the the world. But what most people don't understand is when there's a lot of change, there's a lot of opportunity as well. And so we are also seeing that um, go on, but that's where having guests like yourself, who is helping teach these professionals how to be really good at what they do, really helps the people listening to this this program get that that upper step against other people. Yeah. So so let's jump in. Let's, let's yeah. give some tips and pearls and let's and get it. Arm arm our people. <clears throat> when you um, hear the term presentation skills, where where does your mind go with that? Yeah. So when when my head goes with it is. Hey, when we're doing either interviews or I'm presenting to surgeons or a group, it's, I have a slideshow. I'm going to be showing them some pictures. And I'm just going to be talking to them about, Hey, here's some of my information. That's right away where my head goes. Yeah. So everybody who's looking at these jobs and looking at these job descriptions and preparing for interviews, right. They're, they're seeing somewhere in there, it says something about presentation skills yep. and uh, clearly in sales that that's part of the job, right. Sometimes people see that and they think podium, uh, I think about being up in a big, big room. Um, <clears throat> but in some way, shape or form, I, I want you to be very clear about when, when I say presentation skills, I mean, how well do you teach? Hmm. How well do you teach? I'm not talking about charisma. I'm not talking about inflection. I'm not talking about uh, your ability to articulate. I'm talking about, are you provocative? Not in a salacious way, in an interesting, intriguing way. Do you yep. say things that really capture pe people's attention? Uh, do you enjoy uh, aha moments, right? Do you really enjoy stirring the pot? Do you like a good debate uh, in, in a way that provokes new thinking? Okay, so if that answer is yes, okay, good. We're, we're, we're getting there, right? <laughs> Um, but go back to what I said about teaching. If you really are teaching me, you have to be using some type of a visual. So many of us are visual learners. Yes. And if you're, if you, if you get a good job, you've got a product or you've got a service that does take some explaining. Yep. Okay. So for instance, some of my clients, um, what is an intercept? What is a barricade? Uh, what is a stereo wave? Like you should be drawing blanks right now. You have no idea what that yep. is. Okay. Yep. And frankly, you have no idea some of the foundational science that they've discovered that has led to th this breakthrough product, right? So they're coming to physicians and surgeons with breakthrough science. Hey, here's something you don't know that you should know that we have the ability to teach you, which has facilitated 
our product, right? And here's how we're going to address that. Okay, so taking all that into account, you need to be teaching me and you that means you need to be showing me, which means you need to be using some type of a teaching aid, right? A visual aid. Uh, dirty little secret in our business is a lot of people aren't teaching and they aren't using visual aids. Uh, if you're really good at this job and, and and you are a good teacher, you want to. And so that's where the other piece of this comes in. This is a highly regulated space. and You can't make up your own stuff. Yep. <laughs> it really is caught. There's a term for it. It's called homemade material. <laughs> that's the legal term. And that'll get you in trouble. Right. Everything has to go through legal. Everything has to be approved. So while a lot of this depends upon you, to be honest, some of it does depend on your marketing team. And that might not be your fault. You, yep. If your marketing team isn't finding insights, if they aren't talking to your marketplace a lot and, and digging into trends and, and really giving you the information about what's going on in that market. And then packaging it into some type of a teaching material, whether that be some type of a brochure or something that comes up on your iPad or PowerPoint, then yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Your hands are tied behind your back a little bit. Shame on your marketing department. Uh, but it gives you an opportunity, right, to point out, hey, there, I have a need yep. and, and I've got a solution. And you can literally point them to what we're about to show you and say, hey, there is somebody who you could talk to that would help you figure this out. Some of my consulting work right now is partnering with companies who don't have their message right, don't have their tools right, and aren't putting their sales reps in a good position to teach. So that's what I mean by presentation skills. Okay. But there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to teach, right? Share my screen and show your audience a couple of things. Let's, let's talk about this really quickly and dive into some of the problems. Um, I'm a huge fan of Adamson and Dixon. Um, I think they did a tremendous job with the challenger sale, right? They were in a down market and they asked the question, why are people succeeding? So if you haven't read it, I recommend it. Yeah. Okay. But what's interesting is a lot of people didn't read or didn't understand chapter five. So while they go into, hey, there's these different kind of sales reps and we've identified this person as a challenger and we really think you need to be teaching we really need you need to tailor your message. And then when the customer says, okay, I like it. What do we need to do? You need to be ready with a process to say, okay, you need to do this, 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 and this. So that's what it means to take controls, have a, a process for onboarding. But I worked with a group who applied some of these principles and specifically the principles in chapter five that we're going to talk to, to our sales tools and our teaching process. And what I want you to see is, we did something called aided recall. We went to surgeons 12 months into it. We said, um, do you recall Jason saying this? Do you recall Jacob saying this? Do you recall Jennifer saying this? Do you remember Tracy saying this? That's what aided recall is. If you can get two messages above 60% aided recall, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Okay. This team that was part of Spyrox, that was part of a successful launch, got 12 messages above 60%. Now that is super sticky. And the, the fun thing about this is because these messages were so sticky, the way this team was delivering it, the way they were teaching, these messages got into the mouth of the customer so that when our surgeons were talking to other surgeons, they were using our messages. Yep. Super powerful. That's what you want to be doing. Okay. So 
Adamson and Dixon in chapter five said when they observed challenger reps, here's what they were doing. Here's how they think. Here's how they talk. These people, and I run into them all the time. They come by it naturally, instinctively. Adamson and Dixon observed this and then pointed it out to the rest of us. Here's what those people were doing. Here's how they talk. Here's how they think. They talk and they think in a sequence. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And once you see it on this paper, you'll be able to spot it in some of your, your teammates or, or if you have it already. become The first thing they do is they don't ask 20 questions. They come in and in the first couple of minutes, they say, hey, I know your business. I know you're up against this. I know this is going on. I know this is some of the challenges. It's called a warmer. Yep. The second thing they do is called a reframe. Here's something really provocative. It's the statement of fact. It's this new information you're bringing to the, the conversation that gets a specific reaction. It says your, your customers actually do this. They go, huh, Jacob, say that again. Where did you get that? They lean in and, and they have that kind of a reaction. Like, hey, tell me more. Where, where's that coming from? And then you do. That's rational drowning. You back it up and that's where you unload some of the data. You say, well, here's where that comes from. The other thing they did that most people don't do is something called emotional impact. Emotional impact is where I do have the insights. I do know your business pretty well, and I know what's frustrating you. And I can state it in first person. I'm so frustrated. I hate this. And the key here is that you make a statement that the customer has said themselves in their own mind a hundred times. And that's why it connects. Like, Yes. That's exactly, I, I've been saying that. That's the kind of reaction you get. Yep. And then they kind of slow everything down. Like, well, what if you could do that? What, what if you didn't have to? What, what if you had? And then out comes the solution. Now, here's the key. Here's what you need to understand. The solution or your widget or your product or whatever it is, right? It doesn't come out of your bag until you've accomplished these six steps in the conversation. And it needs to happen fast. You need to get to your solution in under five, six minutes. Okay. But you set it up this way. This is, and again, this isn't something that Adamson and Dixon invented. This is something they observed. And I see it all the time. I'll tell you who I see it the most in vice presidents. And inventors, that the co-founder of med tech companies, when they talk to you and they show their excitement about their new product, they actually talk in this sequence. They just don't know it because nobody's ever drawn <laughs> out for them. Okay. So once you understand this, this is the sequence your tools for marketing have to be built in. And I'll show you an example of that in a second. All right. All that said, here's the next dilemma. Um. When I say presentation skills, you're, you're thinking like this. Oh, you know, I'm up on a stage. And I'm like, that's not what I mean. Here's the thing. Nobody has time anymore. Nobody has time anymore. In the old days, people used to sit through one or two hour sermons every Sunday. Okay? In the old days, people used to go hear presidential debates. I don't know if you're familiar with the Lincoln-Douglas debate, but this is fascinating. The format for a Lincoln-Douglas debate was 60 minutes opening then the other guy got 90 minutes. Then you got a 30-minute rebuttal. And people loved it. People would go listen to that. People used to read books. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, we used to get our news from, from newspapers. There used to be the morning paper and the afternoon paper. 
This isn't the way we get information anymore. This is the way we get information. Now, Jacob, how long is the average image on the screen in TV and movies? How long? What, what are you talking about? Like, just like when it comes up, pops up? Yeah. Second? Yeah. It, it used to be seven seconds. It's down to three seconds. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've ever watched Transformer movies, but it like, you end up with like a Twitch reaction after Transformer movies because it's like so many cutaways. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. A lot of our content is coming at us so fast now that if you think you're going to get in front of somebody, with a PowerPoint and something else, and you're going to drag this thing out, I got news for you. It doesn't work anymore, okay? Yeah. So your timing, your technique, and the way you teach has to be adjusted to a, to accomplish this reality that people just don't have time for that. So there's a couple new rules, okay? If, if you're using PowerPoint or other presentation skills, this thing of 10 seconds-ish, right? No matter how, how much is on the screen, and, and this is a bad habit of marketing, they put a lot on the screen, a lot of words, you got to pick three points. You got to stick and move. You got to stick and move, right? Now, this isn't about your style. This isn't about verbiage. They hired you because you're really good at something and you know how to talk to people and you've got a good style. That's kind of how you got here. So I don't want to change people's style, but here's what I'm saying. If you pick up my book or if you watch some of my videos, one of the things that we focus on is this technique called point of the slide. Here's what we know now. One minute or less per slide, and I'll let you show me a thousand slides. One minute or more, and after three minutes, I'm kind of looking at my watch like, how much longer is this going to take? Yep. It's just the reality. Now, here's the other thing. If I'm the executive team, if I'm the CEO, if I'm the vice president of sales, and I'm watching this or I hear this, <clears throat> I need 20, 50, 100, 200 sales reps around the country all making the same point. Not same style, not same verbiage, but I do need you all making the same point so that when I come back and I do aided recall studies or I survey, like they're getting the message. Okay, so how do we do that? Well, one, you get your marketing team to build it the right way. Then you get people to actually use it. And then you bring somebody like myself in to train your team to do this thing called point of the slide because what we're hearing from surgeons is I don't have time. I'm going to give you 15 minutes. Now, Jacob, here's where this comes from. The average exam room visit is how long? 15 minutes. That's right. <laughs> no, if you look at a surgeon's schedule, every 15 minutes, they have a new patient. Right? They try to get four in an hour, 15 minutes. They don't get a chance to stick to it, which is why they're always getting behind. But that's how they schedule them. Yep. So here's just, they have this built-in clock now. I'm so used to these 15-minute appointments that I have a built-in clock. I don't even need to look at my watch. I know when time's running out. Yep. So here's what I really want from you. When you come see me, I want you to get to the point in about seven, eight minutes. And I want you to leave me seven, eight minutes to ask you questions. And if you do a really good job and you really deliver value, I will extend this appointment. And if I really like what you said, I will I will go ahead and deputize you to go talk to somebody. Hey, I need you to go talk to my PA, my nurse okay. practitioner, my office manager. That's the goal is to get the extension. 
Jacob, you got about seven minutes yep. to set the hook and then start trying to reel them in. Okay, well, what does that look like in practice? Let me show your audience what a, a good example looks like of a presentation that meets these goals, that's built in uh, that challenger method that, that uses point of the slide technique, okay? <clears throat> Jacob, uh, in the next 10 minutes, I'm gonna introduce Latera to you. If you like what you hear, I'm gonna take the next 10 minutes to train you on. I've got a Sawbones model, I've got a device here. We can play with it, get it in your hands. And then the last 10 minutes, if all goes well, I wanna get you ready for the exam room conversation. The tools dictate the rules. This new tool is gonna to change the conversation you're having with your patients. And it's gonna change some of the questions they're gonna ask you. And I wanna give you the best answers that we've gotten from key opinion leaders and our faculty members that I wanna share with you and put you in the best position to have a, a quick, healthy conversation and get this to go in the right direction. Does that sound okay? Okay, right there, I got my first yes, yep. okay, quickly. The other thing is I set an agenda. I told somebody, hey, this is what we're gonna do. This is how long it's gonna take if things go well. So I kind of gave them an out, like we're not committed to this, but I'm gonna do my best. Yep. All right, follow along, ready? Uh, this product is for ear, nose and throat doctors. It's a little thing for the nose. I know that the number one thing walking in the door every day is nasal obstruction. People coming to ear, nose and throat doctors because they can't breathe through their nose. I also know that you're explaining to your patients the Bernoulli principle and Passe's law that if you can just give them a little more in terms of the radius of their nostrils, you can dramatically improve the airflow through their nose. We went looking to see if anybody had ever studied the sidewall of the nose because it collapses, right? What, what has anybody done in that space? There's something called a caudal maneuver. And it turns out that Dr. Bonaparte's the only one who studied this. He looked at 63 patients. And what he found was if you have this problem and you fail this test, you're 20% sicker and 24% less responsive to treatments. Well, we needed to know if there was actually a market for a product. And so we went to 50 ENTs and we said, hey, could you take a look at the next 50 patients who walk in the door? Came to almost 2,000 patients. And when he did this little test, he found 73% of the people that come in have this sidewall problem. Did you know that? Right. So here's what we can tell you. Dr. Gonzalez is an ear, nose, and throat doctor who invented this product. And he was really frustrated. He said, look, I stick the scope in the nose every day. I see this collapsing sidewall thing and there's nothing I can do about it. It's super frustrating because the only thing I can do is refer you out to a facial plastic surgeon for a really gnarly surgery where you deglove the nose, Ugh, it's bad. Or I have to send you to a pharmacist for a breathe right strip. But in either case, I don't really have an option. It's really frustrating. Okay, but what if you could? What if you had a little absorbable implant that you could slip under the skin with a, with a needle under local in the office in like 10 minutes? Let me show you Latera. Okay, so then, then out comes the device, right? Okay, I don't know. We weren't timing that, but I think that was like three minutes, yeah. something of that nature. I wasn't talking necessarily fast, and I wasn't covering everything on the slide. Clearly, there were, these were busy slides, right? From a marketing standpoint, they feel obligated to put some things on the slides. But watch this. Was there a warmer? Yep. Did, I, did I tell you I kind of know your business and who's coming in and what you're telling them? Yeah. 73%. Did you know? Right. Ooh, I didn't realize it was that much. 
right? Bonaparte told us some things. I'm so frustrated. Yep. There's nothing I can do. I I can't. I, I, I. But what if you could? Out comes a solution. So that's an example of what good looks like. That's an example of how these this team got that 60%, 12 messages above eight. Like that's tactically, that's the application. That's how it really works in the real world. Um, recently, I've been working um, with Intrinsic Therapeutics and Jake Tanner is the vice president of marketing over there. He was a little skeptical about this. We rebuilt some of their tools and we tested it with three of their uh, KOLs, their faculty members. It was so fun. The first surgeon who saw it, right? He just, we just told him what it was. We said, hey, we just want to see if this message sounds right. If it's right. He kind of just sat back. We told him it's only going to take like five, six minutes. And that was the thing. He just kind of like relaxed and sat back. He's like, okay, six minutes. I got that, right? And that's what your customers will do. If they know this is going to be over in a handful of minutes, yep. you just sit back. And this is important. If they take that stance, they don't interrupt you with questions. This is important because if they don't interrupt you halfway through and they wait, then they hear the whole value proposition. And then at the end, when they do ask you a question, you get a better question because they heard the whole value proposition. That's critical. Um, Secondly, if they're interrupting you, it means you're not going fast enough. It's a, it's a sign. You're not going fast enough. Now, the last piece of this is when we design these type of tools, we ask people like you, hey, Jacob, what are the most common objections you're getting? This presentation should pre-handle some of them, if not all of them. Yep. Okay. So there's all that going on. Okay. So lastly, we're, we're showing this to these KOLs. That, I kid you not, the comment we got, and Jake will tell you spectacular was the word he used he he said no it's perfect it's 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 exactly what i wanted it's really concise and yeah you need to leave me some time because i'm only going to give you 15 minutes which was kind of funny because i told him he only has but he said i only have 15 minutes yeah okay so if you start to arm sales reps like this good things start happening they start teaching your message gets super consistent. You get message velocity. I'm sorry, I need to explain this. Message velocity. Um, Jacob, um, the the three or four decks that I've built recently for my clients have 25 to 40 slides. If I give you a deck with 30 slides in it, how long do you, does your mind automatically say, how long is it going to take you to present that? 30 minutes plus an hour. Yeah, that's what everybody says, 30 minutes. Okay, so if you need 30 minutes to present this, when and where do you think you're probably going to present this? If I was a rep, like it would be like at lunch, like where I'm trying to get a whole hour. Okay. Okay, so you come back from the sales or you're at the sales meeting. I give you this new tool. It's got 30 slides. You're thinking 30 minutes to an hour. You're thinking I need a a lunch or dinner. How long is it going to take you? to schedule that when's it likely that you're actually going to present this oh at least three to five weeks minimum if that's okay three five weeks all right so you're seeing the dilemma from a message velocity that marketing team that sales organization should not expect this message to get out for four to six weeks 
That's the first time. That's one time. How long before 10 surgeons see this? We're talking months. <laughs> months. Okay. So now you're starting to appreciate why marketing teams, sales management starts to scratch their head. Like, I'm not sure it's working. They take away the wrong indicators. They're, they're, they, 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 you know, they'll come into the next quarterly meeting. And they'll be like, man, we really haven't seen the uptick. We really haven't. And it's like, guys, from an application standpoint, you totally missed the ball. If you would have given your message in this format and then given it to your team and taught them how to do point of the slide so that they could actually do this in about seven minutes. Jacob, if you could do this in seven minutes, does that change where and when you might present this to a physician? Whenever now, right? Whenever you get in contact with them, you now have an opportunity. Okay. So if you did it this way, how quickly could you get in front of 10 surgeons? Within the first week or two. Yes. See, most of us manage about 20 to 25 customers at any given time in a given territory, like actively manage. Like I have a hundred surgeons in my territory, but I'm actively working maybe 20, 25. Yep. I, I should be able to get in front of everybody in a month. So now we've got message velocity where the thing we think the market needs to hear right now at this point in the year, it gets to them. It gets to a lot of people. And maybe I get to touch them twice in the next 90 days. Yep. Because I don't expect them to remember everything the first time they hear it. So I'm probably going to need to touch it twice. Now, can you see how a sales organization could start really impacting, start to really impact the, the revenue number, really start, like now things start happening and they get revenue going. Exactly. Well, because like even to what you're saying, what you just said, now you're getting to be able to see the results from the marketing and what you just taught in the first quarter or two, right? Yes. First two quarters. Right. Well, we just talked about, even if it took, if I get, it took me three to five months to get in front of those other people, it was right. longer. And that was a first touch point, not a second or a third touch point, right? We all know you're not going to see the revenue from that. So that's where you can start seeing, maybe it's taking six to 12 months before they even see any uptick. Okay. Really so funny you say it. that. One of the things on my website that is, um, the four times I've been the director of sales training, <clears throat> my goal was always to cut the time to back-to-back -back quotas in half. Mm. So the first time I was a director of sales, uh, the, the time to quota was nine months. It, for the average rep to get trained, get in the field, and achieve back-to-back -back quotas month, you know, month and month, um, as opposed to like hit, hit a quota, miss it for three months, hit a quota, okay. But to hit back-to-back -back quotas means typically you, you have started to really hit quotas. Yep. Okay, I can cut that in half. And part of the reason is because the way we train and the way we use the tools and we do point of the slide is they're more effective in the field. They're getting the message to their customers more effective. They're getting message velocity, which is in part why it is the training is better, but it is actually the way they go to market is better. That's why they're hitting quotas so much faster. Yep. All right, so your audience is thinking, I'm a new rep. I'm new to med tech. Jacob, you know, got me in. <laughs> like, I need to do this, but my marketing team is not giving me that. I don't have these kind of tools. I'm not really teaching. I and I really I, don't know what I'm doing right now. What do I do? Yeah, what do I do? Uh, 
um, I'm sorry, right? Like I feel bad for you. That, that's um, so two things. One, um, call me. Um, there's a couple things you can do to mitigate. Uh, anytime anybody gives me a PowerPoint, I'm going to look at it this way, okay? And I'm going to really quickly, no matter how busy the slides, I'm going to start to pull out my key points. And I, I know these six steps from the challenges. So I'm going to start to package them this way. That's just me. I'm going to take whatever you give me and I'm going to start to repackage it the way I need to do it. That's one. Because I am going to try to get through whatever they give me in about seven minutes. Because the realities we talked about, like it's, it's just the way it is now. Like I have to do. That. So if you, what you give me isn't packaged right, I will try to mitigate it as best I can. Two, there's probably going to be a limit to that uh, effort. Get your team in touch with me. Let me work with the marketing team. Let me help them. I'll explain this to them. They'll like it. We'll start to get to work and, and uh, fix it for you. Um, if the reality is that you really aren't teaching, you really aren't showing people anything, you're sync talking or I don't know. I, I see a lot of things where people talk too much, right? Take this message to heart. Change your mind about this. L look at the tools you've been given and see what you can do, right? And you're going to have to start practicing. This, this is going to take some practice. We went and we said presentation skills, and now I've kind of redefined what you think is presentation skills. But just like your other concept of presentation skills, this is going to take work. Yep. This is going to take practice. Um, when you're in my classroom and we're working with your tools, the first exercise is a two-minute drill. We will take the slides that you've been given and we will distill them down to one sentence. What's the point of this slide? What's the point of this slide? In one sentence or less, what's the point of this slide? In one sentence or less, what's the point? Of and we will literally get it to where you are forced to be super concise and just capture the ideas because you got to get through those 30 or 40 slides in two minutes, period. 100%. That's the first exercise. Then I'll give you four minutes and then we'll work our way up to seven minutes where you're making transition statements and you're, you know, really working your verbiage in. It's really fascinating to see what happens over the course of two days, because usually we do it over two days, how I can take you from zero to hero. <laughs> and in two days, you like literally can do this in seven minutes. Yep. And you're going to say it very differently because you're Jacob and you have a different style and you have different verbiage that you like to use. Yep. Then I will do it. But what's really super interesting when you see a classroom full of people hitting the points, we're all hitting the message. We're saying it a little different, but we're all getting it across. It works. So I'm sorry if this looks super challenging. I'm sorry if some of the limitations are actually on your own marketing team. I can only tell you right now at this moment where we are in, in 2023, the med tech market, the, where physicians are the burden on their time and their schedules and how you fit into their schedule. If you have the luxury of calling on surgeons in the OR, you have this opportunity to drag them into the lounge and say, Hey, if I got something, it's seven minutes, it's really important. You're going to like it. 
you know, it's got to be that kind of enthusiasm. Like they can tell if you've got something good yep. to tell them. And then you got to deliver. And if, if you do a good job and if you do it this way, I'm telling you, they will extend the time. Yeah, 100%. That's such a good point, Jason. I just got to touch on that. It's like the amount of times I was with somebody and they're like, I got three minutes. I got five minutes. And that five minute conversation turned into a half hour, right? Well, here's the other thing. I've seen you at a booth recently on on LinkedIn and I know yeah. you've been traveling, right? So a lot of times we end up in front of a booth. You've been at a booth. Yeah. What's the challenge there? Can you get people just to even stop by the booth? Right. So you get somebody who actually stops. I mean, how desperate are you to actually set the hook and get that 30 minute conversation? hundred percent. And that's what, that's the fun part about watching this being in it. Because like, to your point, I'm in the med tech space, being able to see it. And what you're saying is right. What you said in the beginning is we're talking to these surgeons that they're doing this for their life all the time. And guess what? They have reps coming at them all the time, telling them what they need to hear, all this stuff. But what is different about yours? What provides the value? And the points you just went over, over the last 30 minutes, that's what you guys need to really understand because I've seen it in my own work is, you know, just last week when I was in San Diego, right? We set the, we put it out there. We have a conversation. There's a question raised. And then, and again, we always hit them with, cause we're in simulation, right? Do you do much simulation, right? Or is there much training? I just need to know what we're working with because that's going to dictate how we phrase it and go with everything. Then we just set the hook. And to your point, then it's able to go. We just had one uh, person absolutely loved him at a big university with a resident program sat on booth for 35 minutes. And then they're telling us everything, right? What you said here, you reach out to this person, reach out to this person. This is here. Use me, you bam. And it just, it turns into this part. And the one part I also wanted to mention to everybody is coming from the largest med tech company in the world, knowing or, or more medical device company in the world and knowing that I've seen the challenges even being in med tech where when you are at a giant company, things move slow. Things, even marketing, right? The, the initiative on a marketing, it could take a year for them to get it approved, say, hey, yeah, this is what we're going to go with and this is what we're going to push. And did, did they check with the sales market or anything? Trust me, I've been there and I exactly what Jason's talking about. But just because you don't have, quote unquote, what he's saying in those slides every single time, that's not an excuse of not being able to go and engage. And, and even for me, I had to be creative on what I was using to show because to your point, I might not have always had the pamphlet to be able to show them, but showing when I had a differentiated product of what they're already using and I could show a seven second or a 14 second video clip and just be like, yeah. hey, watch this, let them see it. And then what happened was by that video, they were intrigued. That opened up the whole conversation it, or they saw it and they're like, ah, don't care, right? That it gave me a feeling. But a lot of times, when I was at these big medical device companies that maybe I didn't have all the resources that I thought I was going to help me be effective, being able to be creative to still do what Jason just went over to set the hooks, be able to get those warmers and be able to continue that conversation to get your meeting. And we talk about this is how I helped grow my territory from the below. It was the lowest to top 10, right? It, you have to be creative. And just because you guys who are listening to this go to a top company, and maybe they move very slow and you think you're going to get all these resources, but you don't, that's not an excuse not to be able to continue to do what Jason just said, because he just made a great point. If you are in the OR, my goodness, the opportunity there, right? you never know what's going on in that case, right? I just sit there and say, we talk about this all the time. If you just keep showing up and you can actually provide value and you actually are enjoyable to be around, like people see you, and you actually say hi and all this stuff. It's not if, it's just when normally 
when was the time that they're using your competitor that they had a horrible case and that rep didn't show up that one time and they are just over it or something happened, but you're there, right? It's just, can you continue to do it and provide value to everybody in the hospital, not just one person, everybody. And then when you do get your opportunity, the most important, what Jason said, is when you get that opportunity, can you follow through with it? Can you actually provide that value and give them what they know and you actually sound intelligent and you know you're filling the need that they're looking for? That's just one piece I really wanted to touch on because I know there's people listening to this and they're like, well, this doesn't apply to me. I'm not there or I'm just an associate or I'm here. Like there's no excuses of where you're at. It's maybe this isn't the perfect laid out what Jason just said to you for being able to use certain things. But guess what? Welcome to sales. Almost nothing is ever perfectly laid out to where you're going to have success. So I just wanted to really touch on that for the listeners. No, that's perfect. We had talked about this before the show. I was in pharma for a while. And there was a time period in pharma where for a whole host of reasons, we kind of stopped bringing value so that physicians, when we showed up, it was just like, hey, you need a signature? Because the value was in the samples that we were bringing because we had stopped bringing them valuable information. So they, the only thing they could think, hey, do you want a signature? I'll sign for some samples. They didn't expect value of any kind because we had kind of stopped bringing information and, and discovery and we don't want to get that way in med device we totally don't but you might be if you're not teaching yep and that's a great point because i just want you to i want to state that because i see it on a daily basis i have the conversations with the people trying to get into it but are in the industry and i'll just be this is going to be the easiest thing i can ever tell you guys everyone always asks me what's the difference between a an, a good rep and a bad rep right? What's the difference between the, someone having success and not having success? What Jason just said. Are you providing value and are you being able to teach compared to the people who just go through the motions, show up? Oh, and, and, and this is my biggest thing that I just want to touch on is there's so many people who get told something, but they don't question it, right? I, I can sit here and tell you, I went to sales training when I was at a big company. And guess what? Then I'm just regurgitating it, but I'm not actually asking the why behind it being able to understand where the physician's coming from on that point. It was just, I got told it. And I share this very openly on the podcast is that my first three months in the industry, when I was doing that, cause I just got it. And I was just this hyper kid ready to go out. I just word vomit. And I didn't get any sales going on that first three months. Why? Because I wasn't providing any value. I wasn't teaching. I wasn't hearing from the point of view of the surgeon and what their needs were. I was just this hungry kid who's like, here, just look at my stuff. And let me tell you why it's amazing. Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> well, um, again, I, I hope this makes sense. I hope people can understand why this is important, why the technique is more important than ever, right? Yep. In terms of teaching, delivering information. Uh, we are in a moment in time and you got to make the shift. A hundred percent. And that's what we're always about, right? The world's never going to stay perfect. And it's a lot of times not going to be where you want it. And can you perform? And that's what we talk about. The top performers will be able to still figure out, move with the times and go with it. And Jason, just real quick, just for the listeners, because you continue to provide us value and, and we're just so thankful for it. Where can these guys find you, reach out to you at? Uh, my website, exsalesconsulting.com. Uh, and ping me on LinkedIn. Um, happy to take a conversation. Really happy to be helpful. That's what's been really fun about your podcast. You have such a strong following and people actually engage. I, I've A number of them have reached out and contacted me and we've had some really healthy conversations and worked through some really interesting problems and yeah. found some solutions. It's good. 
I love that. No, and, and that's what we're so thankful for all the listeners. But even today, I already know I can see three people who are going to message you because they messaged me this morning uh, about this exact uh, conversation and what we were going to have. And so that's why it's just, I appreciate you always taking time out of your day. We know you're extremely busy, but to be able to hear from someone like yourself, who's an expert, does this for a living, train some of the top sales forces to be able to help get results. It's just, we truly appreciate it. So thank you just so much for taking time with us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. And if you guys are listening, just press that like and subscribe button. A five-star review helps us grow this channel. And again, if you guys are interested in the course, we limit it to five people. We've been having a lot of success. It's so much fun to see our average person breaking in in under 10 weeks at 9.8 weeks at $91,000. We just got a couple other people hired this week and we have four people going through final interviews with multiple companies. Again, just telling you guys, we're not here just to get you one offer. How do we get multiple offers, be able to leverage those offers, get you the best work-life balance and also make sure that it's going to be the most compensated position that you can get for what we can help you with. So if you guys are interested, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn at Jacob McLaughlin or new to medical device sales. And again, you guys can find me on any of the other socials, but always appreciate you. And we'll see you on the next one. Peace.